Does that make sense? Like, really, guys, does that make sense? Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Does That Make Sense podcast. I appreciate you guys for checking out another episode. On this episode, we got a special guest today. We got someone that's considered a financial savage. She is in a bunch of different financial industries, real estate. She got a lot going on. Got Diana Reeves here with me. How you doing today? Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about today, I know we was going through like a lot of different stuff, a lot of different topics, but a lot of times I feel like you have a lot of services and a lot of different things going on, like behind the scenes, like a lot of stuff that the world probably doesn't know that you have going on, not about your services, but like behind the scenes and all the stuff that you focusing on that you're trying to do. So I just wanted to touch on that because I know a lot of times like people out there, like people getting started in business, even though you've been in business for years, people getting started in business. They're like, I see this is the opportunity. I see this thing is an opportunity. I see selling jewelry as an opportunity. I see this as an opportunity. So I feel like with you, with having so much stuff with, I'm not going to say so much stuff, but with having a lot of services that you provide to people, it can look like one way when essentially you look at it as a completely different way. Yes, yes, of course. Okay, so um, so for those of you who don't know who I am, uh, my name is Diana Reeves. I'm the CEO and founder of Millennials Making Sense. And we are a full service financial service company. And we offer um, client services to help them build generational wealth through stocks and real estate investing. Um, So as Brian said, I offer a wealth of different services. And I guess he wanted to kind of (laughs) have me kind of touch on, you know, some of the things I offer. And um, you said how I'm able to kind of do it all. Yeah. How are you able to manage having clients in this industry this like okay what are the industries that you touch on okay so um financial services so we offer life insurance products we offer retirement planning we offer um stock courses and digital courses to help the average person kind of learn these financial literacy skills so that they're able to invest um and whether that's a little bit whether that's a lot we give them the tools and the education necessary so that they're able to invest and build wealth for themselves and their families. That was a lot. It was a lot. That was, <laughs> that, was that was a lot of uh that's like an elevator pitch. Like you had that side like you you get that question how many times a day? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that that's really what we do. So I mean the the overall goal is to help people build generational wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, since I have a background in real estate, right? I have a lot of knowledge about real estate. I'm also a licensed realtor in Pennsylvania. Um, but I worked at a financial firm for a little over two years. At the financial firm, I was the vice president of investments there. So I learned a lot about just planning for the future in terms of retirement, right? In terms of life insurance, how the wealthy get wealthy by investing in the stock market. So with those tools that I learned at the financial firm, 
I brought those over to my own business and now I'm able to kind of educate people about those things as well. So, I mean, it does kind of sound like a lot. Oh, you do insurance. Oh, you do retirement plan. Oh, you do real estate. But it all falls under one mission and that's building wealth, right? So that's what we do at our um, financial firm. Building wealth, building wealth. So so it's like a... Um so let's let's back up right so you said life insurance stocks real estate all of that right so just on a base basic level right because on a basic level so how how are you helping like how are you incorporating all three like how are you making all three combined like that's the part that like, how are you doing? Like most people, if they're doing life insurance, they're doing life insurance. They're, that's what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. If they're a real estate agent, they're a real estate agent, right. right? If they're a financial advisor, they're a financial advisor and they're working TD Bank or something like that at mm-hmm. a bank or they're doing it on their own. But you, you're currently right now, you're not working for no one. You're, you have your own business and you're do, taking on three separate not crazy but like very very interesting lucrative industries right right um so i believe that they all work together right so and that's the reason why i decide to still keep them on as for services um so for example if someone comes to me and um they want to talk about investing right a lot of times you may can go to someone and learn about investing or buy a course but I take the whole, um, I take the unique person um, at a glance, right? If someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I want to get started in real estate investing. Okay, let's talk about your foundation, what you have, what you have in your toolbox already, right? So if that person wants to get into real estate investing, they don't have a budget, they don't have life insurance, they don't have a savings account, they don't have credit. There are things that we need to work on at the foundational level to get them to being a successful real estate investor, right? Wait, so you're saying you want them to have life insurance policies before they even get started in real estate? So with with clients that are coming to me and they want my full services in terms of me, um, you know, being a financial, me being a financial educator, um, I want to help them understand, right? Because I feel like, a lot of times the day and age that we live in on social media and things of that sort, people make things seem so easy and straight to the point, but they don't talk about the foundation that got them to that point, right? So I believe that if someone's coming to me, right, and they're at a basic level, they might have a nine to five, right? They might have a little bit of money saved up, but they just have these high hopes on becoming a real estate investor or just becoming a, a, a business owner or whatever, right? Something can happen today or tomorrow and they're coming to me saying they want to build generational wealth. Life insurance is one of the easiest ways that you can build generational wealth. So if you're coming to me and you want my full services in terms of my education and my consults that I offer, I'm going to educate you on what you can be doing right now to prepare your generational wealth. And the easiest way to to start building generational wealth even before you start investing in real estate is by getting a life insurance policy, something that you can get pretty much easily depending on your circumstances. And you can get that up and started before you even get into really real estate investing. So 
I'm really about the educational piece in terms of giving people the tools that they need to succeed. Um, if someone doesn't want life insurance, I can't force it on them. But I think in our black communities, especially, or like um, black and brown communities, mm -hmm. we don't really utilize life insurance policies, which are the easiest way to build wealth. And that's what the wealthy do. They have a bunch of life insurance policies that they're able to pass down to their generation. So they already have years of a head start on black people. Mm -hmm. So I'm just coming to them. Whereas, you know, I want to educate them and let them know, okay, how affordable it is to have a life insurance policy and how it makes sense just to have in your financial portfolio before you jump into trying to be this real estate investor. Right. Okay. Back up. Right. So you're, you're, you're saying life insurance is step one to becoming a to to generational wealth or to becoming an investor? Um, my mission is generational wealth. Period. Right. And in order so, to build generational wealth, you need to be investing. So why why is life insurance for you? Why why do you feel like life insurance is so important? Is the foundation of it? Since I know you say these rich people or anything like that, but I don't know these rich people. I don't know like what they have going on. I haven't like just speaking from that standpoint, right? Like so what do you mean by these rich people do it or like with life insurance? Like for me life insurance, I look at it as probably very ignorant, but it's like if I die, yes, my my kids my <laughs> my kids get, get is going to get a nice like, I'm worth I'm worth more dead than alive, right? So mm -hmm. that's how that's how um said that Nip, Nipsey Nipsey said that I'm worth more dead than alive. So it's like if you have a decent life insurance policy, if something happens to you, your family, your 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 whoever you have, your beneficiaries will will be good. Insurance, ins I don't want to get into my insurance scams, right? So because I have my <laughs> own, not life insurance, but just insurance in general. But okay, <laughs> but so what's your question? Let's get back to the question. Because insurance <laughs> is a scam, so but life insurance is 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 different, right? Just insurance, like the idea of insurance in in general, right? I'm not gonna get into my conspiracy theorist bag right now, <laughs> but I do have a take on insurance, just insurance in general. Okay. So so with um. With that, right? Why do you feel like life insurance is that ground level of investing, of building wealth? Right. So me personally, the the uh, mindset that I come from in terms of life insurance policies, right? Um, when people are looking at investing in real estate and building wealth, it's kind of like, okay, yes, they're doing it because maybe they want to fire their boss. They want to get some passive income. They want to be able to live life on their own terms. But ultimately, you're not going to build up all of this wealth and not pass it on to your future generations, right? Um, especially if you're doing it at a higher, more advanced level. So if you're thinking about generational wealth, just the topic of generational wealth and being able to pass on wealth to generations after generations after generations, you buying a life insurance policy, you don't have to think of a business plan. You don't have to think of any magical ideas that's going to make you profit. You're literally buying money 
for a certain price point. And with that specific policy, you're able to pass down that wealth that you just purchased Mm -hmm. to your future generations, right? Mm -hmm. So then they have a head start on being able to build businesses. They have a head start on being able to buy property. Mm -hmm. They have a head start on being able to invest in the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us weren't as fortunate to have those things passed down to us. So we're starting from, you know, square one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like personally, if you're talking about building generational wealth, you need to have life insurance policies right mm-hmm. now. How much life insurance policies you need, that depends on other other assets that you may own or other businesses that you may have. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't need the same amount of life insurance. But if you're an average working person, you don't have any businesses um, that are going to be able to you're going to pass down to your children. You, you barely have any savings or any other investments. Life insurance is the easiest way that you can pass down wealth and not be this rich, wealthy person, but still get your generations that are in the future mm-hmm. steps ahead than what you were. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, it's just an easy process for most people who are able to qualify for a policy to buy life insurance. It's like you're buying money for your future generations. Mm-hmm. I look at it as that simple. Okay, so you're thinking about future generations generational wealth but what about that person that's like i don't care about my future i don't care about the next generation mm-hmm. i care about right now i'm right, trying to win right. now like of i'm course. in a tough position now mm-hmm. if i pay for life insurance i'm gonna be dead so i don't care mm-hmm. what's gonna happen to me like right, right. they'll figure that out i'm gonna be i'm gonna mm-hmm. be somewhere else i don't gotta worry about that right I guess that's a selfish way of thinking. Very but much so. It's, it's selfish, but at the same time, people think like that, right? No, they do. That's a real... Often, yes. Yeah, that's a real thinking. Like, you hear you hear celebrities, you hear millionaires, you hear billionaires being like, I'm only leaving my kids 10% of right, my money. Right, Bill Gates is like, I'm, I'm donating 85% of my money to charity. Mm-hmm. I heard Steve Harvey say, my kids are only getting 10% mm-hmm. after I die. That's all they're getting because right. I worked hard for this. I'm, right. They only getting ten percent. That's mm-hmm. it. So ten percent could be like a like yeah. a couple million, 10% but it's of like them, yeah, it's yeah. Nice. So it's like, but for your average everyday person, it's like, is life insurance okay? I don't want to have like a life insurance podcast, right? I don't want to talk right. about life insurance this whole time, <laughs> right? Because life, I understand life insurance. Get life insurance, right? You want you want people to get life insurance to to build it it if you care about your people, if you care about whoever's that that you have in mind, you should get life insurance because if something happens to you, they don't have to do fish fries, they don't have to do that type of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. everyone should have life insurance, one hundred percent. Like if you have life insurance and your your peoples or your folks don't have life insurance, you should get it. But my question for you is, what about that person that's like, I don't, I don't care about having generations and generations, mm-hmm. right? So is life insurance really that expensive? Where they got to put out like two, three hundred dollars a month to 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 be covered? No, I mean it really depends on the type of policy you are looking at getting. Um, there's different types of policies, and they're going to cost different amounts depending on the death benefit. Um, so yeah, it, it, it can be as affordable as you pretty much need it to be. And that's why, again, going back to the original question, I do offer a full, 
um, fledge of services because if we're doing a life insurance quote and you don't have a budget, how can we really fit this monthly payment into your 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 um your your the things that you pay for every month, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't even have a budget, you don't even know what money is, how much money is coming in, how much money is going out. How are you going to sign up for a life insurance policy that may be seventy five dollars a month? What if you, what if you in the negatives every month and then your life insurance policy lapses? So therefore, when someone comes to me, we're looking at the whole lapse. person. What you mean by lapse? Lapse meaning your policy gets cut off because you don't make the payment. Okay. So your your policy is basically you signed up for this life insurance policy. Maybe you made the payment for two months. The third month your bank declined the payment because you ain't even had your budget in order and you mm-hmm. thought you could afford that $75. But in reality, you went into overdraft that month and your bank said, nah, we not even approving it. So therefore your policy lapsed and now you're not covered. Mm-hmm. So then I don't feel good because I've just put you in a policy you couldn't afford. Right? So again, when clients come to me, we're looking at the full picture. They may come to me and say they want to invest in real estate. All right, let's take a step back. How much income do you have coming in? How much salary do you make from your job? Oh, you mm-hmm. don't have a job, you got a business. How much are you averaging per month that, that you're bringing in, right? What are your debts every month? We need to know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have X amount of dollars set aside. I think you we can work with that. Or I think you need more income coming in so that you can have a cushion for maybe your emergency savings and then you can get into real estate investing. Or how's your credit? Oh, my credit is only a 600. All right, we need to work on building that credit and get you some credit building strategies so that then you can leverage other people's money to start investing in real estate. So, so you touched on a lot right there. So with, like you said, they come to you, you do a whole, whole full package, you run through their budgets, you go through their expenses. So with adding more income, right? So in a situation where, in a situation where you, you got somebody coming to you and they make, three thousand dollars a month right mm-hmm. and their bills are twenty eight hundred a month mm-hmm. they only got 200 spare dollars right but you know they eat out lunch they eat so they're really in the negative because they probably might be using the credit card that got 200 limit right for right. <laughs> for here and there so they really like in the negative from month to month right so for a person that's looking to make extra money how would you guide them in that right instead of telling them because you're not going to get rich off of stop going to starbucks right yeah i'm 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 over that like people are saying oh just cut out the starbucks budget mm-hmm. ten dollars a day mm-hmm. like okay but no one's going to get rich off of 70 dollars a week unless you put it in somewhere that's going to i'll let you get into that right but 70 dollars let's say you're spending ten dollars a i'm thinking um seven days a week but let's say five days right. five days you spend ten dollars on starbucks or something like that it's fifty dollars a week uh-huh. it's two hundred dollars a month makes a difference right for sure does. yes it does make a difference but your life is not going to change off of two hundred dollars a month depending on what you're doing right mm-hmm. so with a person that's looking to build more income where it's when where their bills take up ninety five percent of their income. Mm-hmm. What like what are you telling them to do in that situation? Yes. Yeah, so um, before I hop into that question, I just want to touch on a point that you just said. So yes, a lot of financial per- professionals and people that you see on social media, they may say, okay, cut certain things out of your budget, right? Mm-hmm. Cut out the Starbucks. Cut out the eating out every day, right? 
Yes, those things are not going to make you rich, but if you do those things, you're building up discipline, mm -hmm. right? You're building up discipline in your financial life so that when you do start bringing in $10,000 a month, you're not blowing it on more Starbucks or more eating out, right? So those, those um, points that people make um, in terms of financial literacy are very important because at the end of the day, if you can't control your spending while you're only making $2,000 a month, how can you really control it when you're making $10,000 a month? That, so those things are building up discipline. Mm -hmm. I wanted to touch on that. That's 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 important too because they don't say it's discipline, right? They just look at it as step A to B, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you cut this out, you're going to have this much money. Right. If you have this much money for five years, it's going to be mm -hmm. this amount. Like It's going to be a huge bubble of amount, course. right? But when you put it into the terms of no, this is getting ready for discipline because once you start making more money, now that $10 a day is going to turn into $50 a day, exactly. right? So once it's that big amount, it makes a big difference. So of course, I, I, I like that you did that. Yes. So back to your other question, right? Um, someone who doesn't have a lot of discretionary income, but they are looking to build and invest, right? I think it really depends where the person um, stands in life, right? Do you have a family? Do you already have children? Do you, are you already married? Like, do you have other responsibilities besides yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have rent? Um, can you sacrifice for a year and go back home and maybe live with your parents mm -hmm. and give up that rent payment to put that maybe into some sort of investing mm -hmm. or some sort of business that you want to start, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it really depends. Everybody's going to be a case-by-case -case basis, and that's why I do a full evaluation of all my clients because every client that comes to me is not going to get the same information from me because mm -hmm. depending on the level they're coming to me at, we're going to have different conversations. I have clients that come to me that have millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. They just want to invest in real estate for passive income. Mm -hmm. The conversation is different, right? Okay. You already have money. You already have some sort of discipline where you have X amount of dollars and you're ready to put it in to invest in. You understand already, right? Mm -hmm. Where you might have another client that, you know, they started a business, but maybe they're kind of struggling and they just need some advice on how to, you know, manage their month to month budgets or what they should be investing in to scale their business mm -hmm. and things of that sort. So it really just depends. Like I'm not that financial person that's going to preach and say, oh, you need to take these things out of your budget without telling them why they need to do it. And the reason mm -hmm. why is because you're building discipline, right? Mm -hmm. But also, I'm not going to tell somebody this large-scale idea that they can do if I feel like their financial profile is not there yet. I'm mm -hmm. going to give them the steps they need. Maybe um, say, okay, what, what's your credit score like? Because I'm big on leveraging other people's money, right? So if you have the credit score and you have... X amount of income, mm -hmm. you can qualify for certain lines of credit mm -hmm. or certain loans that you can use that money to buy assets or invest in a certain business is going to give you a high return, right? So it really just depends where the client is is at in their um like in their life. It, it really just depends. Okay, okay, but you didn't touch on what I said. Okay. About um. You didn't touch on what I said about the, um, what would you, like, how would you, if they need to increase their income, mm -hmm. you going to tell them to get a second job? Are you going to? So, yeah, it just, it really just depends where they are. Um, if they have a family, they may not have time to get a second job, right? Mm -hmm. 
They may not have time to get a second job. They may have to utilize their credit to get to 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 maybe get a loan or get a line of credit to invest in something that's going to give them a return, whether that's a rental are you property. Giving, are you giving like side hustle strategies like, yo, start this t-shirt brand? No, or... no, no. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not going to be giving side hustle strategies. Um, my business is more so focused on the core of stocks and real estate mm -hmm. um, and retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. If someone's coming to me and they're like, oh, I have no idea how what business to start, I may refer to them to somebody that's a business strategist, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I don't consider myself a business strategist, so I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you can go start this T-shirt line and you should be bringing in X amount of dollars or you can go do this event space. You mm -hmm. should be like, I'm not, that I'm not the person for that. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, That that's that's what I wanted to touch on because there's a lot of times where it's like i need to make more money but mm -hmm. how can i make more money mm -hmm. right so some jobs is like okay you can work overtime bringing more money but in some cases where like you said you don't have the time to do mm -hmm. it you got to figure out like it's just on you put it on the person to basically yes. figure it out yeah it doesn't i mean unfortunately it just doesn't fit in my business model um my clientele is either already coming to me with uh, X amount of dollars where they want to invest and they mm -hmm. need to know where to put their money at, mm -hmm. or um, maybe they're they're thinking about investing and they have smaller amounts of money and they just want to start putting it to work just to build up their confidence in investing in the stock market, or they may want to try to um, get a loan for a rental property and see you know how would I how would I like being a landlord how would I like dealing with tenants you know what I mean. So my clientele ideally is already coming to me with with some money or some some passive income where they can already invest, not coming to me at a level where they're expecting me to kind of coach them on how to get from A to B. Do you feel like you're um, do you feel like you're 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 leaving out the new investor, though? like the, the person who who has no type of understanding? Right. If I'm brand new to this mm -hmm. right i'm not brand new but if i'm brand new to it and i see your services and i'm like damn i want to i want to i want to get involved like i want to learn i want life insurance i want to do this i want mm -hmm. i want to get there but i don't got the money to or or that do you feel like with where you're at right now you're just not dealing with that like wait like okay this person whoever this person is you reach out to me get get to this point <laughs> get to this level and then i'm gonna work with you get to here and i'm gonna work with you so you you already have that locked in or right so i mean i wouldn't say i'm leaving out the beginner investors so my services um are actually being restructured now but i'm gonna have tiers of services and Right now, I currently have um, a service that a lot of new investors do take advantage of, and that's just like the basic financial planning um, consultation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's a very detailed consultation where we're reviewing their whole financial profile, right? We're reviewing their budget. If they work a nine to five, we're reviewing their retirement accounts, so their 401ks, their 403bs. We're reviewing their life insurance policies if they have them, if they don't have them. Um, I'm providing them with quotes so that they have an idea of, okay, this is how much it will cost me to get this policy. Um, and then we're also reviewing um, what what their goals are. Like, okay, are, do you want to be a real estate investor? Are you looking to buy your first property? Do you want a house hack? Do you want to 
go right into flipping a property. So we're doing a full-fledged analysis of where they want to be. So they do walk away with a blueprint um, so that they're aware of, you know, what they need to do to get to the next level. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel like I'm leaving them out um, at all because I do offer a service. And like I said, with my services being restructured, there will be tiers where it's like, okay, I'm a brand new investor. This is the package I need to pay for in order to get the services I need. Or, oh, I'm already an established investor, but I really want to know how to put my money into the stock market to grow it to this amount. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I um, will have services for every level investor, but I need you to come to the table with pretty much having an idea. Right. Like <laughs> I'm not going you to can't give be you, like, yeah, I got, I, don't, I got this money. Yeah. I like yeah. I don't like I'm not going to give you this full fledged business strategy outline and say, here are 50 different ways you can probably invest your money. And once you invest it, come back over here. Like I'm mm-hmm. not a business strategist or a business coach where I'm going to be giving out those things. I'm, I'm very specific in what I provide. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Right. So to tie everything in, right. So you, you, you call yourself the financial savage, right? You got the shirt on, you got the financial, <laughs> you got the financial savage shirt on. Right. Yes. So yes. we was talking about life insurance for quite some time. Right. So with life insurance, we all understood you, you gave us a deep in information about life insurance, right? We understand real estate. Real estate is something that you want to do for the long term. Real estate land isn't changing. Um, everyone needs a place to live, right? Of course. But with the stock market, right? This is something that I feel like the stock market, in my opinion, is your bread and butter, right? Like you gave so much information about life insurance, but... Yeah, your stock portfolio is something is something crazy, right? So it's We're like not discussing my stock portfolio. I'm not talking about your <laughs> stocks. I'm not talking about your personal stocks. Uh, <laughs> I you've told me about your stock portfolio a bunch of times, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand. I understand what what's coming in with the stocks, right? So stocks is interesting, right? Because people, a lot of people are afraid of stocks, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people look at stocks as like. I don't want to waste my money, right? Right. Most of the time, I tell people if um about a stock, right, or I not tell people about a stock, but I, if I tell them like, yo, I bought this stock, mm-hmm. right, and it's like, I let's say I bought this stock, right, and a lot of people are like, how much money should I waste on it, right? So when you look at it like you're wasting money. When you look at it like you wasting money, it's like I'm not gonna want to do it if I feel like I'm wasting my money, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really have a, I have a question pertaining to it, but with stocks, I feel like stocks is something you know way, you know more than stocks about. You know more about stocks than I do. You been working with stocks. You work with all type of different stocks. Uh, REITs and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when it comes to stock on building, so in the beginning you were talking about financial, I mean, uh, generational wealth, right? Mm-hmm. So what in the lines of stocks is creating uh, generational wealth? Yes, mm-hmm. that's a great question. So I I hear you saying that you feel like you're wasting money on stocks. 
I guess people feel that that way. Um, I don't personally feel that way, but I guess some people may feel that way because stocks is not something that you can touch and feel like real estate or like mm-hmm. a business mm-hmm. or something of that sort. Stocks is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you see your stocks on your app or you see your stocks in your portfolio on your laptop when you pull up your account, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't actually physically touch those stocks and you can't actually physically touch that money mm-hmm. until you sell a stock or until you um until you have a dividend payout that's going to pay you a certain amount per month right Mm -hmm. so i think that's why people can't wrap their mind around building wealth through the stock market Mm -hmm. because it's nothing that they can actually feel right that's my opinion but let's just um make a clear point right here right when you put your money into the banks you put your money into check-ins and savings account Mm-hmm. The banks are investing your money so that they can get a return, right? They're investing your money into different <laughs> different assets and they're investing your money into their customers and charging them a 15% return or a 12% return, right? So they're basically... Um, You're talking about the bank. Yes, but I'm getting to a point. Okay. They're, they're basically investing your money. The money that you think that you're saving and you think that you're holding on to, mm-hmm. they're investing your money and getting a return, yes. right? Some of the same places that they're investing your money into, you can be investing that money into yourself on the stock market and getting similar returns versus having it sitting in a bank account earning, I don't even know, less than a half a percent. Mm-hmm. So with the less stock- Less than half a percent. I don't even know what the returns are. I don't keep a lot of money in the bank. Uh-huh. I, the, the the bank doesn't, the bank's not going to be investing my money and I can be doing it myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I keep X amount of dollars in case of an emergency. But even with that, I have credit cards that I can leverage and other things that I can leverage if I really had an emergency. So I don't keep a lot of money just sitting in the bank. Mm-hmm. Money should be working at all times. It shouldn't be sitting. Money is a tool, right? You should be using mm. money to make more money so that you can get to whatever goal you need to get to to live whatever lifestyle or have whatever freedom you need to, to have. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really all you really need to use money for. You need to use money as a tool. People use money in the wrong ways. People hoard their money, right? They keep it under their mattress. They keep it in the bank. <laughs> they keep it in check-ins and savings account for years. It's like... You had ten thousand dollars sitting in that account for five years. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like if a client came to me and said they had ten thousand dollars for five years, I would probably like, I would lose my shit mm-hmm. because they need to be educated. Like you don't keep money in the bank that long. Money needs to be working at all times. So, I think what's really important is that people need to get over that level of fear. It's really about the fear, right? Because they don't know, they don't know what's going to happen if they put their money in the stock market. Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't touch it. They can't feel it. So it's kind of like, you know, it's it it makes them a little uncomfortable. Whereas real estate, it's like, oh, I know I have a property. I know my tenant pays me every month, so I can feel that money coming into my account. I can use that money, right? So I guess it's just a different way of looking at growing your money and getting a return. But once you get past that fear level and you get comfortable with investing and you start seeing the returns that you're getting it's like you're going to want to invest more money like if i could just do one thing in life if i only had an option to do one thing in my life right Mm -hmm. with my money to invest 
I would invest my money in the stock market. I would stop doing real estate. I would not like I'm so serious because investing in the stock market, once you understand how to invest in the stock market and learn how to analyze different stocks in different companies, because really when you're investing in the stocks, you're basically investing in a company that's already successful. So mm-hmm. just like you invest in every new Apple product that comes out, you can invest in Apple stock. Right. So as I was saying, if I could only do one thing, I would sit back and I would invest my money into the stock market because number one, it will only take me a half an hour a day because I've just gotten that good and I'm able to just maneuver around the stock market how I need to. Uh And I would have my time freedom. Right. Uh So that's just me. That's that's just a fun fact about me. I would I would literally drop everything else I'm doing and just put my money into the stock market. Why don't you do it? Why don't I do it? Yes. So I feel like I haven't done that um, yet. There is a time period in my life where I feel like I'm going to turn everything off and just do that um, because I'm going to want to have my time 100%. Mm-hmm. But that time hasn't come yet, right? That's going to be when I start a family and I'm building a family and things like that, right? But right now, I feel like I'm super passionate about education, about financial education and really just like helping people get to the next level in their financial um, journey. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, like I love everything that I do right now. I don't feel like I need to um, take a step back and really just invest in stocks. Like, right. So I, I feel like I, I'm fulfilled by doing what I do through like the education and really like doing my consultations and really seeing results and seeing people get to the next level in their wealth journey. That's powerful. That's powerful that you said you feel like you can take a step back from everything if you could, like, just focus on stocks. But you can do that, but that's not what you want to do. That's not where you you feel like your life is going right now. But we're going to wrap this up with the Financial Savage. <laughs> Did you have anything that you wanted to say to the people out there, to the other people that that's trying to become a financial savage like you, like you got a lot. You gave a lot. You gave a lot. <laughs> B, before we wrap up, I don't even think we talked about what financial savage means. What does financial savage mean? And please enlighten us. So. I coined the word financial savage last summer when Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce had this song, Financial Savage, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that that song got super popular and they basically were saying, um, you know, I'm a savage, classy, bougie, ratchet, right? So I feel like with me and with other people that I know that are successful women, we are all of those things, right? We're classy, we're bougie, we're ratchet, right? But we have our finances together. Like we're ratchet, right? You know, we got a little hood in us. You can't take that out of us. But I had to. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I just had to let people know that you can be classy, bougie, ratchet, and you can have your shit together on the financial side, right? Mm -hmm. You can have you. You can have money coming in. You can have businesses. You can have investments. You can have stocks. You can have real estate. You can have all of these things and you can still be those other things, um, classy, bougie, and ratchet. So um, that's kind of how I coined the word financial savage. And um, yeah, that's what the financial savage means. And I feel like you can't be a savage unless you got your finances together, ladies, because um, 
Yeah, like men, they 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 like when you have your shit together, right? <laughs> they like when you have your shit together. So you know, do it for you, boss up as a woman, and just be a financial savage. Period. Funny, a financial <laughs> savage, right? I asked, I asked for a shirt, and she's like, "No, nah, this for this only for ladies." Yeah, it's for ladies. Like, <laughs> not getting a shirt. <laughs> but um, but yeah, to wrap up, um. Definitely thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, hope your audience learned something today. Um, if there's any services that we spoke about today that um, you guys want to learn more about or have questions about, uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram at millennialsmaking underscore sense um, or Diana Reeves on Instagram. Got it. So we're going to end there. I appreciate you for coming on. Dropping that knowledge about financial games, stocks, life insurance. We didn't touch on real estate. I don't want to touch upon real estate today. But I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys, for checking out the Does That Make Sense podcast. I'm going to try to have Day on here again. Maybe uh, about some other stuff. She's uh, very interesting. So thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Make sense 100% and everybody knows that podcast. You, you don't need somebody's attention just to get it. What the heck? Are you recording that?